Good morning. It is Old Testament Thursday at Wake Up to the Word. One thing I forgot to do last time is to welcome our studio audience uh, that does not exist. We do never want to forget about them. They're, they're such great uh, cheerleaders for us and they keep the place moving along. So I hope you have your reading plan in front of you. I hope you got uh, uh, ready to go. As you can see, uh, if uh, one thing I, I, I tend to not recall uh, is this is being, uh, this is live streamed uh, while I'm teaching. Um, and some of you can watch it uh, on Spotify and some of you do. Uh, but there are many who only listen. And so when I say you can see, uh, I forget about those who are listening. So I'll try and be more conscious of that uh, as we go. And and I am wearing a sling today. For those of you listening, I had my surgery on Tuesday, which you heard about last week. And uh, the surgery was a success. Uh, my wife was amazing, uh, nursing me back to health. Um, I have a long road of recovery. My right arm is... Uh, virtually useless uh, for a while. Uh, a little bit of movement from the elbow down, but uh, I have to be cautious of that. Um, it is truly amazing uh, the interconnection of muscles and tendons and ligaments that motions that you would not think impact your right shoulder uh, impact your right shoulder, and you feel that. And so there's a, a new way to for me to process everything. So uh, I, I, I my notes are different. I can't uh, just jot things down because uh, left-handed, as bad as my writing is right-handed, left-handed, it is in, illegible, completely illegible. So uh, um, we do not uh, want to... Uh, take that uh, for granted at all it's uh it's uh, absolutely crazy so my notes my underlining things are crazy so um we uh and even typing is difficult uh, left-handed so i'm i'm finding a spot where i can drop my hand on the board and and assist myself but i can't do it in all circumstances and in all chairs <laughs> of the house so <laughs> we're working through all this so pray for me as we uh, get through it, but let's get into uh, the Word of God. Uh, wake up to the Word you're reading uh, for this week in the Old Testament uh, is Job. It's 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 all Job for a while now. So uh, there are 40 chapters, and Job is going to take us till mid-February to get through it. But we will get through it. We will indeed. So some cool stuff. You just just keep finding cool stuff again and again and again. Actually, I think there's 40. Nope, 40 chapters. I was right. Sorry. Um, so uh, we have um, uh, Job Job this this week. Uh, uh, this week's reading is Job uh, 13 and 14, 15 and 16, 17 and 18, 19 and 20. So you get cut pairs, you know, uh, couplets to read. And it's cool. It's a back and forth uh, this week between... Uh, Job and a couple of his buddies, a couple of his friends. And um, so uh, he is, uh, he still has his hope in God, but he is going to tell his story. He will not hold back. Uh, we just heard from a um, 
some of his friends talking to him. The last one to speak was Zophar in chapter 11. Job starts his reply. 13 is just a continuation of his reply. One of the lines I love is 13.5. He says, oh, that you would keep silent. It would be your wisdom. <laughs> Keeping silent. Uh, you know, it takes a wise person to know when it's time to just shut your pie hole and just listen. Um, and, and Job is just telling him, you know, you'd be, you'd, I'd consider you to be such a wise person if you just would sit there quietly. Remember in chapter two, they spent seven days, seven days uh, just sitting with him. And I got an interesting question uh, this past week from uh, Judy. Uh, is that the, the Shiva in uh, the Hebrew culture that is the morning, uh, silently sitting with people? And uh, it's part of it in that little research we did and uh, emailed her back. It's part of it, but most of it is from uh, Abraham, uh, I believe, uh, did a similar thing. So it's the combination of these two events that has created this tradition in the Jewish culture, the shiver, the, the mourning period, uh, the seven days of mourning. So a uh, great question, Judy. You are looking at things with ancient Hebrew eyes, and this is what we're shooting for. Look at the scriptures through ancient Hebrew eyes. Though Job is technically uh, before Abraham, uh, um, between Babel, and Abraham, this is why we're reading this here. We read about Babel, chapter 10, which we're putting Job in here because he's somewhere uh, in between, I believe. He's, he's, he's stuck in between. So um, uh, he says, uh, Job continues uh, after verse five. He says, oh, oh, that you would keep silent and it would be your wisdom. Hear now my argument and listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak falsely for God? and speak deceitfully for him? Will you plead the case for God? Will it be with you when he searches you out? Will it be well with you when he searches you out? That's up to verse nine. What a great statement that is. It's it's that statement that says, hmm, you're not, you're not even telling the truth and you're claiming to speak for God. Uh, how many times have we heard uh, uh, teachers uh, say things that aren't true. How many times have we heard uh, uh, people professing to understand God and not speaking biblical truth? It's one thing to have uh, to say, this is how I read this, or this is how I see this scripture, or this is how this text speaks to me. But when you're talking about uh, knowing what God is saying and thinking, boy, you better be right when you're saying it. You you better be right because just like Job says, uh, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be, are you going to be okay when, when you stand before God and, and he realizes and you realize what you, you did, you spoke for him and you weren't right. You were wrong. So, wow, that's, that's tough. Uh, Job goes on, verse 15. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Yet I will argue my ways to his face. This will be my salvation, that the godless shall not come before him. He goes, I know who I am before God. 
And I know that I will be before God. Even if he kills me, I know where, where I'll be. I'll be before him. And that's where I'll lay my case out. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it right before him because I know that I know that I know who I am with God. That I'm so confident that I am righteous before God. Not perfect. Don't We've talked about that. Not perfection, but righteous. I'm following after God. That when I come before him, I got questions. I got questions. Why, why is this happening to me? I've been righteous. You see that Old Testament, that Old Testament concept is that place where blessings come with righteousness and hardship comes when we, when we stray from God, when we, when we intentionally go away from God. And so that's the Old Testament covenant, kind of the, 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 the legality of the Old Testament. And uh, the New Testament doesn't f- function that way. Uh, the New Covenant is different. Um, but in the Old Covenant, that usually was the litmus test. So, so this happening to Job is is kind of an anomaly that God is functioning a, a, a little uh, out of the norm. But God can function out of the norm because he created the norms. So for him... Whatever he does is his norm. It's his character. So, uh, but can we not question it? That's that's the thing. We talked about this uh, in last week's episode is that God wants to be in the conversation. He wants you to talk to him. If you feel like you've been wronged, tell him. If you feel like asking him, why am I in this predicament? Ask him. Uh, but don't keep sitting there harboring that. Okay, Uh, maybe it's time for you to change your behavior, change your circumstances. Maybe it isn't. Listen to Job. Look at Job. This is what he says. These are the things he says. So Job continues in chapter 14. uh, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? There is not one. And that verse reminds me, that's uh, verse 4 of chapter 14. That verse reminds me of uh, Romans 3, 10 10 through 12, whereas there's, there's... all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not even one. All, all uh, are unclean. So it's, it's, it's that kind of a thing. So Job understands that. That's why we said it. he's righteous, not perfect. And there's a, there's a distinction. So it's, it's, it's the righteousness is those who recognize that they're sinful and, and uh, lay at the mercy of God. And uh, that's the righteousness and it's got nothing to do with perfection. It's got nothing to do with uh, doing good, doing bad. Uh, people think that good people go to heaven, and it's just not true. Forgiven people go to heaven, and that's the important distinction. And that's where Job sat. That's what Job understood. Even well before Abraham, uh, before way before Jesus, Job understood. Righteous people are forgiven and can stand before God in right in God's righteousness. Um, just a great testimony right there. Uh, fifteen, we get to fifteen, and and Eliphaz accuses Job, uh, and because don't you even fear God, you know? So verse four, but you are doing away with the fear of God, and hindering meditation before God, for your iniquity teaches your mouth, and you choose the tongues of the crafty. You own mouth. Your own mouth condemns you, and not I. Your own lips testify against you. So that's uh, 
because Job is claiming to be righteous, Eliphaz doesn't understand it. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. He thinks that it, basically he's calling Job a blasphemer. He's saying, you're saying you're righteous, but your circumstances say you're a sinner. And so uh, that's basically what Eliphaz is saying. We know from our perspective, he's wrong. He's absolutely wrong. Is the statement wrong? Interesting. Uh, people quote from Job uh, a lot of uh, a lot of times out of the health and wealth uh, camp of Christianity. Um, I, I've heard multiple times uh, people that I've walked with and and been friends with and 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 still continue to be friends with uh, quote things from Job, and I try to tell them when they, when when you're quoting one of Job's friends, who's who's uh, saying something about Job's circumstances and and uh, quoting about blessings and curses, <clears throat> you do you understand the context is that they're wrong? They're wrong about Job, but were they wrong in general? They were, they were right in general when it comes to the general tenet of the Old Testament covenant, the Old Covenant. They were right in general, but they were old situationally. They, they, I mean, they were wrong situationally. So uh, that's the distinction you got to make. And so when you're quoting scripture, it's great to take these things into account. That's why context, context, context. We preach it all the time. What's the context of the passage? Who is the person talking to? What are they saying? Because you can quote, uh, God didn't say you can't eat, that you, that you uh, God didn't say you can eat any fruit. Did God not say you can eat any fruit in the garden? Didn't God, God said you can eat any fruit in the garden. That's basically the, the, the text. Uh, but who said it? Satan said it, and he's lying. So, so everything in the Bible is not truth. It's true accounts of false information. Okay? Do you, get, do you bear that distinction? And that's why context is so important. This is a true account, verses 4 through 6 of chapter 15. <clears throat> this is a true account of false information. Is the information true in other circumstances? Potentially, and probably even probably. <clears throat> Excuse me, I gotta figure out my cough button. <clears throat> it, it very potentially is true in other circumstances. It's just not true here. So this is a true account of a false statement. Uh, and you need to understand that, that those exist in Scripture. There, there aren't a whole lot of them, but they do exist. I told you one that Satan says, just about anything Satan says has to be, has to be looked, has to be seen through that lens, that potential lens, because uh, though he sometimes does speak truth, there's just enough lie in it to deceive. Uh, 16, uh, Job replies a great line in verse 2. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. <laughs> great. That's like with friends like you, who needs enemies? You guys are horrible. You're supposed to be here comforting me, and you're telling me that I need to just fess up and, and stop 
stop declaring that I'm 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 right before God, because your circumstances are saying something different, and and you know I don't want to hold them too much in in contempt here, because they did live under a a, di- a different covenant, and and their experience told them that what they were saying was true, and in general. It's kind of a, they were kind of true things. Um, but the, the problem is, is that they had no discernment. Um, and, and in their defense, they weren't, they weren't kings and they weren't judges and they weren't, uh, uh, um, prophets and they weren't, uh, priests. Uh, so they did not have the Holy Spirit in, in them or on them. And so um, they were just being people. And uh, that's who we deal with in the world. Uh, some believers, some aren't believers, uh, but lacking discernment and not leaning into the spirit uh, can leave you to your own devices, leave you to your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own deductions, your own deducing processes. Uh, you come to your own conclusions uh, from a human perspective and not adding God's perspective, not having the eyes and the mind of Christ. You look at things and don't process them through the spirit and it ends up being um, who uh, a human perspective, a human wisdom. Uh, I didn't uh, I'll take a little break here and uh, just tell you uh, my coffee of the day and I don't like anyone cares, but I always like to share it, is uh, I have Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme drip coffee today. So mm-mm, mm, this isn't really an ad. Uh, and, and does anybody really even care <laughs> what coffee I'm drinking? But I'm taking a sip and taking a break. So also, you might be hearing uh, commercials from time to time. Uh, um, I've gotten to the point in the podcast with the amount of listeners that I have that uh, we can uh, potentially add commercials. And so I, I, I don't know how the system all works. Still working through it. But I would put one right here if, if I had one. So, so, so there you go. So, okay, verse 18. Uh, Bildad speaks now. His friend Bildad, good old Bildad, he's gonna come through. Bildad's gonna be the guy. He's gonna he's gonna make it all happen. Yeah. Uh, how long will you hunt for words? Consider, and then we will speak. Why are we counted as cattle? Why are we stupid in your sight? He's, okay. So now, because Job told them off. Because of what they said to him, Bildad's going to say, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Wish I had another another voice to put down there. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say. Bounces off of me and sticks to you. So that's kind of what is going on here. Uh, it, it, it's hard to see it sometimes through all the poetic language, but that's what's going on. Uh, you who tear yourself in your anger, shall the earth be forsaken for you or the rock be removed out of its place? So, you know, so we're going to move uh, heaven and earth because of you, because uh, because you think you're right. That makes it right. 
it's it's uh, quite a soliloquy that follows from there. Indeed, the light of the wicked is put out, and the flame of his fire does not shine. The light is dark in his tent, and his lamp above him is put out. So these guys were educated men, and they're coming alongside, and their initial intent, they get there and they wanted to help. They wanted to be friends. They wanted to be support. They wanted to encourage and build up. But as soon as they, as their humanity revealed itself, they couldn't un- they couldn't put the cork back in. They couldn't put the genie back in the bottle. They It kept just pouring out of them. They just kept firing back. And Job, he knows who he is in God. He knows his relationship. He knows. And he he's not letting it go. He replies in 19, My Redeemer lives, he says. My Redeemer lives lives he he knows that that uh job answers how long will you torment me and break me in pieces with words and so he just understands he knows uh he 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 says my bones stick to my skin and to my flesh and i have escaped by the skin of my teeth have mercy on me have mercy on me O oh, you, my friends, it should probably should have been in quotation marks, for the hand of God has touched me. Why do you, like God, pursue me? Why are you not satisfied with my flesh? Verse 25 is where he says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, Yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. If you say, how will you pursue him? And the root of the matter is found in him. Be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishment of the sword, that you may know there is a judgment. So he's basically warning his friends that he says, I know who I am. I know my Redeemer lives. And he, and he says, you know, if he gets through this and he escapes by the skin of his teeth, uh, I don't know if you picked up on that, that little uh, idiom. Uh, we did a whole study on that on our Wednesday night classes uh, back a while ago. All the idioms in the Bible that we carry on even to, to this day, this is one of them. And people say, well, you know, where did that come? I didn't know that came from the Bible. Yep, the skin of my teeth is the is the uh, idiom that Job way back then, and it's carry on even to this day, and it's meaning a narrow escape. You got a narrow escape. That's basically what it means. And so he escaped death by the skin of his teeth, but he knows he's still going to stand before God. And and uh, and he says, you know, so what if I'm right? What if I'm right? And he says to his friends, what if I'm right? And all this taunting you're doing and trying to defend God what if I'm right, and I know I'm right? Now, what are you going to do before God when you were telling lies about him? Whoa, that's that's heavy pushback right there. And the final verse here is, final chapter, excuse me, is uh, Zophar speaks, uh, the wicked will suffer. 
therefore my thoughts answer me because of my haste within me. I hear censure that insults me, and out of my understanding a spirit answers me. Do you not know this from old, since man was placed on the earth, that the exulting of the wicked is short, and the joy of the godless, but for a moment, but for a moment, though his height mount up to the heavens, and his head reach to the clouds, he will perish forever like his own dung. Ooh, that's a dirty word in the Bible right there. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and not be found. He will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eye that saw him will see him no more, nor will his place any more be behold. His children will seek the favor of the poor. So he goes through this, his, his own soliloquy and, uh, just keeps firing back, keeps firing back. Um, right at the end of 20, verse 27 through 29, the last three verses of the chapter, the heavens will reveal his iniquity and the earth will rise up against him. The possessions of his house will be carried away, dragged off in the day of God's wrath. This is the wicked man's portion from God, the heritage decreed for him by God. Now, what he's saying is not, false but he's and in this case it doesn't seem like they're they're telling job this is you he's kind of saying it in a general sense this is what happens probably a safer approach but it's 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 veiled now less accusative and more general comments Instead of pumping it at Job, like, this is you, this is you, this is you. He says, well, the, the God's going to sort it out, and the wicked will be, will be shown for who they are. So next week, we got Job's reply, and we hope you join us. Uh, if you haven't been to the website, please go ahead and go to uh, wakeuptotheword.org, where you'll see Jeff's stack of stuff down in the lower left-hand corner. And uh, you can uh, sign up for any information that we need to send out. You can be on the mailing list. Uh, that list is growing. Thank you guys so much for all of you who did sign up and go to, and get your name on the mailing list uh, for Wake Up to the Word. And we're going to try to send things out periodically. Uh, but you can get any documents that I use. And right now we're in an early timeline. And uh, for those of you who uh, watch uh, the, the timeline graphic, you can get that on uh, in Jeff's stack of stuff. Um, and uh, we're way, way at the beginning here with Job. Um, they have him after Abraham. I have him before Abraham. So you'll see in that it's it's in a different place, but it's okay. Uh, it's 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 a debatable process. But for the sake of putting the, the reading in here, I wanted to get him in in this early stages. I, and there's reasons coming up why I put him here, and, and I will uh, uh, declare that when we get to those sections. But... Um, we are going to uh, skedaddle now and uh, head out of here. So I hope you enjoyed uh, the uh, Old Testament Thursday, episode 7 of Wake Up to the Word. We will see you manana. See you tomorrow for uh, New Testament Friday and episode 8. So uh, keep reading. Get to the New Testament. You got two chapters to read. Go on. Get there. Don't wait. It's time to read. 
Get going. See you later.